Welcome to Sports Lounge Live, a weekly talk show covering baseball. I don't believe what I just saw. Basketball. Believe it, Cleveland. The Cavaliers are NBA champions. Football. Got it at the five and into the end zone. Touchdown. Hockey. He's got the NASCAR. Green flag waves again at the World Center of Racing. Plus the latest sports news, both pro and college. Hear past talk shows on your phone by calling 773-572-3006. Or as a podcast on your iPhone, Victor Stream or computer, or on your smart speaker. Visit legendoldies.com for links to automatically connect via your computer or iPhone. Call the sports aficionados at area code 646-876-9920. 23 and enter the pin 287-723-4600 followed by the pound key twice and now your hosts chris devon barry lester sean platts robert herrick and bill sparks well here we are once again for the sports lounge live on this what november 30th 2021 it's a very special day and chris is going to tell us why <laughs> hey everyone it's my birthday what was those little kids records they used to have when they put a name in there yeah well it's my birthday and i'm having a good time a uh, good weekend we've had a lot of good food obviously with thanksgiving our, our friend linda is up here linda davis and she's here and it's show it's november 30th as bill said 2021 and it's show number 171 and it is going to be uh, you know we tell you jeff is always hey, it's a busy week in the world of radio this is a busy week busy busy week in the it sport. really is and off we, the field stuff off, a lot of on, it's on the field stuff and off the field stuff the on the field stuff mostly the nfl but of course the nba and nhl continue and college football there was a lot on the field we need to cover too but we, i think we, it's more off the field than on the field since, almost. since saturday <laughs> yeah we, 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 you know, we, well there's more off the field tonight when we find out who the top four are going into the championship week. Uh, so we're going to have the NFL. We're going to do college football, the coaching carousel moving very briskly, baseball, a lot of signings, NBA, uh, um, college basketball, just a couple of notes, NF, NHL and boxing. So ba- basically, but if you much. like, hold on just a second, Chris, if yeah. you like a lot of stuff, your big two today are going to be college football and baseball. Those are, you're going to be yes. your musts this week. Yeah, they're, 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 There's a lot to cover. Yes. And, and so, before Chris starts, Bill, I, I apologize. Yep. I forgot to ask you before this, we do not need to stop at the bottom of the hour or we do need to stop at the bottom. Okay, go ahead, Chris. Bill may have stopped already. Anyway, okay, so, <laughs> all right. So No, no, we do not weekend. need to stop. I'm sorry. Okay, okay, thanks, okay. sorry about that, Bill. No problem. Okay, so, um, yeah, so as I say, everything's going, going well here. The Patriots won again, six in a row. Uh, they're now number two seed. We'll go over all that, of course, when we do the standings and, and tell you where we stand with who's in, who's in and who's out as best we can. And, uh, you know, the Celtics, there is a I'll, – I'll, I'll give you a clue. The Celtics are in a log jam with a bunch of teams at a certain record. We'll talk about that because that's a crazy group. And you can go from 7th to 11th in one day or 11th to 7th in one day. And uh, the Bruins uh, played a couple games, but they got to rest now. No, they're going to play tonight and uh, on Thursday. And I think maybe even Saturday. Who knows? It yeah. could be crazy. So anyway, so the, the, that's basically what's going on here. Had a lot of fun. Had a lot of good food. Went to... Uh, uh, Oh, uh, uh, I can't think of the name of the steakhouse that I went to last night, but it was very good. Morton's. Morton's, Morton's yeah. Steakhouse. I should remember that. Charlie well, Morton. I've, I've, I've heard great. that's good. Oh, it is. It is. I'd gone in Rochester, too, when we were there, and, and the one up here is wonderful. So, yeah, good stuff. So, anyway, all right. So, what is next? We would talk to Rick 
Swan, whose name still was not on the report. Yeah, it's got to be edited. <laughs> okay, hi, everybody. Uh, it's been a good week. Uh, Giants come up with a win in a god-awful game to watch. It was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, their, their offense is so bad this year that, that their wins are like that. They're just awful games to watch. Um, and even even this one, there was a fourth down pass by the Eagles at the end of the game. The end zone that went right through Riga's hands. It, it, it could have been another disaster for the Giants. But they are, believe it or not, one game off the last playoff spot in the NFC. So that's hard to believe. Um, one quick um, stat I heard, which I found interesting this week. Matt Jones this week, he as a rookie quarterback, he threw. He had a game with over 300 yards passing and two touchdowns, no interceptions. That's only been done by two other quarterbacks in their rookie year. Now, you got to remember, it's not like it used to be. Rookies used to sit for a while and stuff, and it's all passing now, so it is different. But the only other two quarterbacks that have ever done that in their rookie year was uh, Justin Herbert last year did it five times. And in his rookie year, Daniel Jones did it four times. Hmm. And they're the only quarterbacks that have done that. That's kind of strange. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. Perry, what's happening in the heartland? You know what? <laughs> I, I'm going to give you – I'm going to talk just a second about Iowa, and then I'm going to talk about something that – obviously was terribly horrific but there's a feel-good story involved so when i when you hear the horrific end of it don't don't quit listening because there's a feel-good story here the iowa hawkeyes did indeed make the big 10 title game as uh wisconsin lost to minnesota and iowa was losing to nebraska for about three a little more than three quarters and then they decided to yeah. wake up in the fourth quarter and win the game 28 to 21 so good for the hawkeyes in the big 10 and then of course the basketball team beat Virginia last night. They blew a 21-point lead. Virginia took the lead, and then Iowa hit a shot to win the game at the end. So good good there. Here's the story. Remember, about a week ago, we had this uh, person drive his vehicle through a Christmas parade in Waukesha, Wisconsin, yes. which, of course, was horrific. Nobody, you know, he had a 50-page criminal record, which I imagine is a lot longer than that now. But here's the feel-good story. J.J. Watt, who did a lot for Houston after Hurricane Harvey, announced he is paying for all funeral expenses for every person who passed away in that deal. And, boy, you you know what? We always hear when athletes do rotten things. I like to hear when they do good things, too. And with that— J.J.'s done a lot of these. He certainly has. And with that, Bill, what's up in the great state of Florida? Well, in the state of Florida, I don't know too much, but in the state of Indiana, our Colts lost a big game to Tampa Bay. They managed to blow it in the fourth quarter, but... It was an exciting game if you're just listening. Right, if you're just listening, that was a good game. My Reds are trying to find a way to dismantle a fourth place team. They're, They're competing with the Pirates, uh, Hoosier basketball is good this year. Hoosier football, not so good. Notre Dame took a big hit. And that's about it from here. Robert. Uh, well, uh, sorry about the raised hand. I was trying to unmute myself, and I kept hitting the wrong button. Um, Thanksgiving was wonderful around here, and it turned out to be a hell of a lot better than I thought it would. My Raiders actually went into Dallas and won an incredible game, which we're definitely going to get into because and your I don't kicker know had this, to kick winning field goal with food poisoning. 
Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, I heard that. Not only that, um, it was a great game, but I don't know if it's because Dallas made too many mistakes or if it was because the uh, officiating crew, 28 penalties called on both teams, and there were actually 30 penalties called, but 28 were accepted, only two were declined. So I don't know if it was Dallas's mistakes or the officiating crew, but eighteen anyway. percent of the snaps had penalty had flags. Yeah, percent. Regardless that, as to what it was, though, you'll take it. it. Yes, exactly. So um, I'm going to be interesting when I'm going to be interested to hear when Chris reads the uh, playoff picture whether that helped or hurt the Raiders. Um, and my Warriors are doing fantastic. For those of you who like NBA basketball, be sure to tune into to your SiriusXM device or or um, your TNT because the two best teams in the NBA are going to play tonight. The 18 and two Warriors against the 17 and three Suns, and the Suns are on a 16 game winning streak. The Warriors are on a seven game winning streak, and they play twice this week. So. Um, if you like good <laughs> basketball, that starts at 10 p.m. and uh, must must see TV. Yeah. Um, so those anyway, on, on the podcast, they're playing yeah. Tuesday, which is when we're recording this, and they're playing yeah. on Friday. Friday, yep. And so uh, <laughs> you know, I, and my sharks are doing okay, and I think we got rid of our biggest headache this week. So yeah, we've got that. We'll later that helped. So uh, let's go to Austin, Texas, and find out what's happening with Sean. Well, crazy weekend here, as you'll find out later. I've become very familiar with Oklahoma City and Chicago sports fans. <laughs> and they're in mourning, basically, both of them, I mean, between today and yesterday. But yeah, I watched a lot of football this weekend. Uh, went down to my sister's for Thanksgiving, came back. Uh, also, I'll get one little note out of the way. Uh, Tiger Woods announced this morning. He is not going to play full-time golf. He may play some charity events. Of course, he has a lifetime exemption to play the Masters, but his leg just can't make it. I mean, he's lucky that he didn't. He, he's lucky he did not lose the leg. But yeah, so Tiger not going to play. And if you want to contact us throughout the week, uh, call seven seven three five seven two seven seven one five or eight hundred six nine three zero five nine five option two or uh, Sports Lounge at allthingsradio.net. If you want to hear the in-depth coverage, if you want to hear all your scores, your schedules, the in-depth coverage of who died, breaking news stories, go over to 712-432-3642. Board 9 is the Sports Lounge board, and Board 13 is the Schedules board. So check all that stuff out. And, well, and of course, if you want to dial in anytime if you're listening live, uh, download the Zoom link, or if you got it sent to you, you get code, or dial 646-876-9923, enter code 287-723-4600, hit the pound key twice if you're on your phone, otherwise you just enter the code and you're in on the computer or the app. So anyway, let's get on to the big show. Okay, well, I had forgotten in all my excitement about what's coming up after this, and it's only going to take a couple minutes to do these, but a couple of these guys are, are well-remembered. Actually, three of them are, three of the four. Bill Verdon died. We talked about this very briefly. Uh, we had the announcement. We had no information yet. 90 years old. Uh, he was a center fielder, played, started with the Cardinals, 
56, Pirates 56 through 65, and then six games in 68 because it was a funny story. They said they had too many people in the service. They couldn't, uh, you know, they needed them in the outfield. So into the Vietnam era, so whatever. His lifetime average was 267, 91 homers, 590, 502 RBIs, won a World Series, of course, the Mazeroski Home Run World Series in 60 as a player and a coach to the 71 buck. Then he won, uh, he was the Rookie of the Year in 55. He, uh, he had 404 against Sandy Koufax. That, that's the highest anybody did. And then uh, play, player coach from, for many teams, a lot of Pittsburgh, managed uh, also 62. Uh, I mean, uh, Pittsburgh managed the Pirates in 72-73. The Yankees, 74-75. Houston, 75-82. to And the last part, of, he split the season last part in Houston in 75. Montreal, 83 and 84. 995 wins, 921 losses. And... Uh, and again, he was a coach and a player, you know, a player, coach, coach, and just all around. Everybody liked him. I, I never heard a bad word about him. Uh, Mark Roth, 70, bowler, uh, pro bowler, 34 uh, PBA wins, uh, titles, and sixth uh, most ever, ever. And he dominated between 75 and 87. He was from Brooklyn. And when they had a poll of the top 50 bowlers in the last 50 years in 2008, he was number five. So, you know, pretty good uh, Pretty good thing for him. Curly Culp, we all remember him, uh, at least uh, Rick and I and Bill know the name. 75 years old, uh, college at Arizona State where he played football and wrestled. Then he was at Kansas City from 68 through 74, Houston 74 through 80, and then the Lions in 80 and 81 for just a few games, five games altogether. And then uh, he was a nose tackle, one of the best. Uh, Jim Otto said he was the hardest guy to block and so forth. And uh, he was in the Pro Bowls, uh, five Pro Bowls, 69, 71, and then 75 through uh, – anyway, I think it's five Pro Bowls, 71, and then 75 through 78, six Pro Bowls. And he was a Defensive Player of the Year in 75. And here's a guy that um, we – I should we should talk about Lee Elder because he was the first player at the last black player at the Masters. He was 87 years old. He broke the color bar there in 75. He was at uh, you know 75 and then played there 77 through 81. He he joined the PGA Tour in 1968. And you say. Why was it that late? Well, it took him a long time to get the money to go to qualifying school because he was on the black tour. There's a, there was a black, uh, U, I forget what it was called, USGA or something that was a black-oriented uh, tour, and he was on that, and uh, they had meager prize money, so he wasn't able to raise the money to get onto the tour. Uh, Charlie Sifford was the first black player to play in the in the PGA. That didn't come till 62, way after baseball. And then uh, finally... Uh, you know, the Masters uh, succumbed and brought him in. He had 16 pro wins and uh, and four in the PGA. So that was a story on Lee Elder. So the, the story on that with him and the Masters was also, remember the whole thing, they were like, well, we want our, our golfers to be white and our caddies to be black. And then some other players stuck up and said, hey, he's on our tour. And they went, you know, they were now going to play at the Masters. And so and I think he had a white caddy. <laughs> That's funny. Well, you know, the other thing, too, until he won the tournament in 74, I forget what the name of the tournament was in, in Ohio, then he uh, then he qualified. When you're a tour w- winner the, from the previous year, you qualify to play in the Masters. They couldn't keep him out then. I don't think it ever came to the point where, since he only got the four wins, they were uh, keeping him out in a, in a point where people would notice it. But then in 75, he had to come in, and it certainly was a story at the time. Okay, NFL. So, um, anyway, first game on Saturday, uh, Sunday, I should say, ah, Thursday. Thursday. I did, really. Okay. Uh, Thanksgiving Day. Uh, I didn't really hear much of this. Little bit of it. Chicago beat Detroit sixteen to fourteen. Matt Nagy kept his job for another week, I guess. 
And, uh, you know, it's, I've won it on the last second field goal. And again, we talked about last week that, uh, how we'd already had 23 of those and we had two more on Thanksgiving day of those last minute, uh, last play wins. But, uh, anybody got any thoughts on that game? Again, I didn't hear much oh, of it. So not, not really. It was, it. it was kind of boring There's, to be honest yeah. with you. We ate okay. during that game. So yeah, don't there you go. really well, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. 36, 33, uh, Raiders over the Cowboys, as we said, uh, they said there were 38 and a half million people uh, that were watching it uh, at various points. And it's the highest rated regular season game since 1990. Well, two of the most popular teams around the country, you're going to have that. And again, we've already talked about the penalties. Uh, Dallas is 0-3 in overtimes. They, they lost in 87 to the Vikings and 05 to Denver and now on Thanksgiving and now 21 you know, to the to the Raiders. So, And yes, we will get to the mishmash that is the playoff picture in the AFC. That is for, for sure. Um, Cincinnati beat Pittsburgh, and boy, oh boy, they oh, take well, out they a lot. How could I skip that wonderful game? And again, I didn't hear much of it, but New Orleans did beat Buffalo. Um, what was it, 31? Buffalo beat New Orleans. Buffalo beat New Orleans 31 to 6. That's right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, again, it just, I had said I thought Buffalo was going to bounce back. I mean, it, it, this isn't going to go on the way they were playing and so forth. So uh, that was, that was uh, another victory for the Bills, and the Saints are in trouble. A lot of guys injured. Pierre ran that down for us during the week and just just a mess yeah and i think the uh i think the saints are getting ready to maybe start Taysom hill at quarterback this sunday yes they okay. are they're gonna yeah. start him this thursday night i'll have more on that and also I, think, I, yeah. I believe it, it's the third year in a row that all three road teams have won on thanksgiving that is oh, wow. correct uh, yes, wow. yes and, and so this is actually rick we forgot we need to point out a you know we talk about the baseball tournament all the time in omaha and stuff this, this is the losers bracket game and for thanksgiving you know new orleans playing dallas so yeah that's kind of cool <laughs> okay yeah. now i got so uh, wanted to get away from that Saints game. And we'll be talking more about the Bills because we've got a big game coming up this week. Uh, everybody's going to have to wait for the biggest game of the week till Monday night, I think. Cincinnati mm-hmm. over Pittsburgh, 41-10. to 10. And it's the first time since 2009 that the Bengals have swept the Steelers. And uh, they just blew it out, you know, they sort of took their foot off the gas in the last quarter or so. But the Steelers just looked terrible. I mean, Roethlisberger couldn't do anything. The, the, the defense was horrible, everything. Yeah, yeah Roethlisberger's had it. And the defense isn't what they thought it was. Okay, and Joe Mixon uh, ran in a couple. Okay, Tampa Bay beat Indianapolis 38-31. And what you got, and again, Bill can comment some more, but what you got, you got your good Carson Wentz and your bad Carson Wentz. You got your good Carson Wentz throwing some nice passes and keeping his team in the game offensively, but he turned it over. He, he, you know, he got a strip sack, and then there was an interception, which led to 14 points in that ball game. It was, you know, they, they were leading right up to that point and then there was a dogfight after that and the Raiders you give Tom Brady about three minutes uh, you know with the ball and a tie and uh, you know what's going to happen they also weren't giving the ball to Taylor, which I know Tampa Bay is usually a tough team to run on. Yeah. But but they just weren't even trying. And then the, the last touchdown drive was pretty much Taylor all the way down the field when they decided to give it to him. Yeah. Leonard Fournette scored four touchdowns, four rushing touchdowns. So that was a big yeah, uh, Three rushing, back. one receiving. Oh, three, was, oh, one was receiving. Okay, good. Yeah. All right. Yeah, so in the last few weeks, we've had Fournette score four, Echo score four, and Taylor score five. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's getting to be uh, be like hockey games. They're going to start throwing hats on the field or something. <laughs> Miami over Carolina, thirty three to ten. Again, there wasn't much talk about it on Channel uh, Thirty, uh, uh, Channel Eighty Eight. But what they did say is that it's four in a row for Miami, and they're five and seven. They're not really in the payoff playoff picture. It's too crowded and stuff. But they, you know, certainly uh, Brian um, Flores. Uh, 
Flores has got the team turned around, is showing that he is still a good coach. You know, there was talk about maybe getting rid of him, but he's he's got him playing again. And, you know, uh, Tua's not killing him. They're, they're getting it done. And uh, so what can you say? Yeah, and Cam Newton was absolutely awful. Yeah, five, back, back five to normal. For, five for 23. You know, it's, you know, the week before he was yelling, I'm back. I think this yeah. week he was yelling, I'm back. <laughs> and he was, ben- he was benched. Uh, yeah. So I don't know whether they're – have they said anything about who their quarterback no, is? They say, yeah, Newton, is, they say it's still the quarterback starter for them. Because the P.J., whatever his name is. He, P.J. Walker. Yeah, yeah he's, Walker. he's no better. He's terrible. Yeah. No. And um, they're having their bye this week. But Matt yeah. Rule did say that Newton would be the starter when they came back. So the Patriots beat Tennessee 36-13, to the undermanned Titans. I mean, not only was Derrick Henry out, yeah. but uh, A.J. Brown was out and uh, Julio Jones as well. They really had no weapons. The Patriots uh, really did okay defensively, but they were bend no break. They could let them down there. The Titans drove a lot, and they stayed in the game a long time. But, you know, the Patriots would hold them to field goals and stuff, and the Titans were holding the Patriots a lot, too. They kicked four, four field goals, but, you know, five, actually. I think five, folks yeah. actually kicked five. It was yeah. five, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, uh, but, him and him and Daniel Carlson of the Raiders both kicked five field goals in in both of their games. Yeah, as they said on on Channel uh, eighty eight, you know, this, this, you've seen seen teams not play as well and not win, and this is a team now that's not playing well necessarily in all aspects of this game, and they still won it. So and they pulled away at the end. So but the Titans really banged up. Uh, I, I, Giants at Philadelphia. This was really a blow. Now I know Rick that you are not an Eagle fan. We talked about last year when they oh. kind of screwed up the Giants uh, playoffs. I know you hate all those teams, but you know yeah. the Eagles no, are at the, the top of the list. Yeah, yeah. and so they, this had to make you feel good. The thirteen to seven victory oh, yeah. that kind of messed oh, yeah. the Eagles up. As bad as the game was, anytime you beat the Eagles, it's a good day. <laughs> yeah. So and probably not much more to say about that because there wasn't much going on. But Atlanta beat Jacksonville uh, twenty-one to fourteen. Uh, Atlanta was ahead pretty much all the way. Jacksonville came back a little bit, but, you know, there wasn't much there going on. But, you know, Atlanta's still hanging in the playoff hunt. The Jets uh, beat Houston 21-14. to And on the, at the end of the show that's on in the mornings with the fan on Sunday with uh, Moose and, um, oh, I can't think of the David, other guy's David name. Deal. David yeah, Deal. David Deal, yeah, and Moose. They were saying, we might get two New York wins today. Well, they did. When was the last yeah. time that happened? I don't even actually, know. It's but the second time it's happened this year. Yeah, yeah. that's pretty yeah, amazing. Actually, the last time it happened, they both won in overtime. I mean, the Giants beat New Orleans and Jets beat Tennessee. Oh, that's okay. correct. <laughs> there you go. So, yeah, so yeah. 21-14. Oh, yeah, the, year, the week I got eliminated from my little last minute standing contest. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> kind of a fit. Okay. Uh, then, then I went, the, again, these I don't know as much about because I went to the ACB auction, and but we got Denver over the Chargers 28-13. Uh, to 13. Uh, any no, thoughts on that game? Oh, no, Chargers, they just, no, it wasn't. They're, they're so up and down. You never know what yeah. you're going to get each week. Aren't you? Really? Okay. Yeah. Green Bay over the Rams, 36-28. And this uh, kind of surprised I mean, I, I picked the Packers, but it, you just didn't know it, coming up. The Rams were coming it up was, a bye. It was a good game. The, the, you... I mean, you never thought the Packers were necessarily going to lose the game, no. but it was but it was close. I mean, the Rams kept it close, but uh, yeah. something just with the Rams is at least so far just doesn't seem to be there. They gotta yeah. they gotta figure out some things, and, I, and that might be it, Rick. <laughs> but the third, actually, the third game in a row that Stafford's throwing a pick six. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, when we look back at the, it'll be especially for Vikings and 49ers fans. This may be a, a big game uh, going back with tiebreakers and everything else. San Francisco beat Minnesota 
34-26. That sounds like that was a pretty good game. Uh, yeah, well, I, wa- I watched that game, Chris, and uh, because that was the afternoon game we got here, and uh, it turned out to be pretty darn good. And so, uh, yeah, th- if you're a Vikings fan, this may hurt you later on down the road. If yeah, you're Paul yeah. Allen is going to be stressed out to you in all these close games that he's had. Yeah. They can, yeah. you can yeah. play, if he makes, they're always good. Yeah, yeah. If he yeah. makes it through this season, all these calls and everything, just like, yeah, Baltimore over Cleveland, thirteen to ten, and that you know the Browns uh, circus 10, 16, to 10. 16, 16 okay, 10. 16 10. and yeah. you know the Browns circus sort of continues here, where they've got all. Apparently, Mayfield made more comments about. You know the fans and how you know the booing and all that. We talked yeah. about that last week. He's just not endearing himself yeah. to the Cleveland fans. Well, at all. this game was hitting in Baltimore, so yeah, they're, of course they're going to boo him, Chris. Yeah. No, no, no. Oh, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not saying that. I'm yeah. saying he's talking about his the week before oh, yeah. and still making okay. more comments and just. Uh, oh, okay. But nobody's reining him in. They're just letting yeah. him say whatever. You know, you well, many teams like a Patriots, Belichick. Can you imagine he, like him letting the quarterback do that kind of stuff? No and to be honest, it never goes well when, you're, when your wife is on social media no. yelling about you. That generally yeah, no, doesn't no. go well. Yeah, we had the thing. Remember, uh, Rick, that comment that uh, Giselle made at with the break? Oh, he can't run down oh, and catch the ball, too. He can't catch the ball, too. Yeah, yeah, after the Super Bowl. So, no, that wasn't very good. And remember, you know, Brenda Warner, Kurt Warner's wife, did some of that when Kurt Warner was playing. So, And also, yep. we had uh, like four turnovers, I think, by, I the, by the Ravens. Say, it, it's yep. not often that you throw four interceptions and win the game, but Jackson yeah. did it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and then, uh, Jackson, Jackson said after the game, he said, uh, basically, I sucked, but luckily we won, you know. Yeah. I love that I had it on the Cleveland broadcast for a little bit at the end of the first quarter. I love that they go, at the first quarter, it was 6 nothing. He goes, Justin Tucker, 6, Cleveland, 0. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love Jim Dunneman. Yeah. Okay. And so then we had Washington. The football team is now in the playoffs uh, unofficially, you know, for the moment. I'm having won 17 to 15 over Seattle again. I was busy with uh, Linda and Kathy. Didn't really hear much of that either. But the the uh, Seattle uh, fans and and people are kind of starting to turn on on Russell Wilson a little bit. And Pete Carroll yeah. said after the game that uh, he's got to be better. But I was listening to uh, uh, Kevin Harlan and Kurt Warner, and Kurt Warner said that to him, being a quarterback. Russell Wilson's hand does not look healthy. Yeah. No, it can't be. He, he's throwing some terrible passes, and that's not like him. Russell yeah. Wilson is yeah. not healthy because he no. wouldn't he wouldn't be playing like this. I can guarantee. You. Okay. And what we had last night in that game, the blocked extra point returned for two points. That's right. Which, oh, okay. Which we talked about this early in the season when I was talking about the score Nami there, and they were saying the score that they uh, that was hottest to get was six to one, and they were saying because if you block an extra point, the defense would get a one point. And I didn't think so. I thought it was two. I, it yeah. Is, it no, is I two. Think, yeah, yeah. I, I think I agreed with you. I thought that's what I remember, too. I don't know what yeah. I said, but I think I did. Yeah, at, at halftime it was 9-9, nine to nine, and you don't yeah. see that very often. So, you know. Okay, so here are the standings. In the AFC, <laughs> the Patriots are 8-4, Buffalo 7-4, and four, Miami 5-7, and seven, the Jets 3-8. and eight. In the North, Baltimore 8-3, and three, Cincinnati 7-4, and four, Pittsburgh five five and one, Cleveland six and six. In the South, Tennessee eight and four, Indianapolis six and six, um, Jacksonville two and nine, Houston two and nine. And in the West, Kansas City seven and four. And then Robert, you got Denver six and five, the Raiders six and five, and the Chargers six and five. So there yep. you go yep. for that. We'll, we'll run down where the playoffs uh, look. NFC East, we have Dallas at seven and four, Washington five and six. 
Philadelphia five and seven. The Giants. He's right. He's, he's there. Uh, four and seven. I didn't really put him on the four and sevens on the playoff thing because there was around a room. There's too many teams in these. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, they're, they're they're you know Bears and Giants. But you know, kind of think about it a little bit. We were saying a few weeks ago that Dallas had that division one, and it's not necessarily they're no. two games ahead of Washington. Washington has five of their division games still left. That's right. Yeah. No, they were talking about that. Yeah. Sure. yeah. In in the North, we have Green Bay at nine and three, Minnesota five and six. As we said, the Bears are four and seven. Detroit zero oh, ten and one, still winless in the in the South. Tampa Bay eight and three, uh, and it doesn't seem like Tampa Bay is really that good. But the rest of the division is just really struggling. <laughs> New Orleans five and six, Atlanta five and six, Carolina five and seven, and in the West, Arizona on their bye nine and two. The Rams are seven and four, and they're doing their best to fall into the playoff mess that's right behind them. San Francisco six and five, and Seattle three and eight. So in the AFC. Right now, Baltimore is one at eight and three. Patriots would be the two seed at eight and four. Tennessee is now eight and four, and then Kansas City seven and four. So that'd be your division winners right at the moment. Buffalo is seven and four. Cincinnati is seven and four, and then one of these teams, and I don't know which one, either Denver at six and five, Chargers at six and five, or the Raiders at six and five would be your seventh wild uh, team. Cleveland and Pittsburgh are just a half, and, and the Colts are just a half a game out because Cleveland six and six. Indianapolis six and six, the Steelers five five and one. So that's that's. I, I believe as the uh, if, if I understand the uh, tiebreakers, Chris, I believe the Chargers would be first. Uh, they would they would be the first in line. Then it would be the Raiders, and then it would be the Broncos. Yeah, but that changes every week, especially in yeah. your own division. You're going to be playing right. each yeah. other right. and everything. So you know, in the NFC, we have Arizona uh, comfortably right now. Uh, well, not comfortably, but in good shape at nine and two. Green Bay nine and three. Tampa Bay eight and three, Dallas is seven and four, and uh, you know uh, Brad Sham was trying to talk everybody in off the ledge. Hey, they're still seven and four. They're still leading the division. You know everything's all right. We still would qualify for the playoffs, but uh, after all the mistakes they made, and then we have the Rams at seven and four as your top wild card. San Francisco six and five, and the Washington Football Team would be your seventh wild card. I heard the seventh team. Yeah. I heard that last night. Minnesota, so they're five and six. Minnesota's five and six. Atlanta's five and six. New Orleans is five and six. Philadelphia is five and seven, and Carolina is five and seven. So there you go. So that's and just, crazy. While we're talking about records, do you know right now that if the draft was held right now, the Jets would have the fourth and fifth pick, and the Giants would have the sixth and seventh? I was oh, wondering yeah. about that because the Bears. I thought the Giants, since the Bears have been playing so similarly to the Giants yeah. all year, that that might be going to happen. Yeah. Okay, Chris. So let, let me, me give you let me give you a break before you do the schedule, Jerry. If okay. you want to unmute, we can uh, hear your comments. So, Jerry, what's up? Hello, Jerry. Hello. Oh, okay. There he is. Go ahead. Jerry. Hey, Jerry. I, uh, firstly, happy birthday, Chris. Thank, Thank you. you. Um, Mike Tomlin had his press conference today, and I like how he put it. He said, we stunk out the place. That's true. And then yep. uh, after that, he said, um, in effect, what the Steelers, you know, the old expression, put up. Uh, he said, this, uh, "The Steelers shut up and put up." Yeah, that was uh, Mike Tomlin's comments, but uh, that was one of the worst games. <laughs> oh man! Yep. yep. Bring on and, Mason Rudolph. And I'll tell you, <laughs> the thing that uh, I got a little exasperated. I was listening to the Washington 
broadcasters, and they turned off the stream after the uh, the coin toss. I wish they would make up their mind whether they're going. I don't know why stations do that. The Eagles seem to do it every week. I would turn off this. I would turn off the Washington stream too. Those those guys. Are <laughs> well, that that girl and yeah. those two guys are terrible. Hey, by the way, Jerry, you guys had the best defensive catcher in the National League, at least by numbers, last year. Now oh. you have Roberto Perez. Does that sound any good? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll talk about all that. And then, remember, Jerry, the Pirates can't win more than seventy-five games. They have to start paying people. So that's that, you know yeah. they got a limit here. Okay, so for uh, the schedule, we have uh, the again the uh, Thanksgiving Day losing bracket. Dallas at New Orleans, eight twenty p.m. We got a bunch of COVID stuff going on because you got uh, how many coaches are involved or how many uh, people in Dallas now? There's there's eight people. I think seven of them are coaches or staff. There's uh, Mike McCarthy's out. The Joe Thilden, the offensive line coach, the assistant offensive line coach, strength and conditioning coach, and there's three other staff members that are. And Amari uh, okay. so. Cooper is still out. So yeah. Yeah, well, no, he's, no, he's going to be back. Injury. He's been back. At oh, the is facility. he? Okay. And we do facility. need to say with Dallas going back to the Thanksgiving again. You know, Cooper wasn't there and Lamb wasn't there. No, nope. still got 36 right. points. So you know, 33. And. And Dan Quinn's going to coach the team. Right. Uh, okay. Well, that worked out well for Atlanta for a while. <laughs> okay. And on Sunday. 25 to 3. That's all I can yeah, say. Yeah. Sunday with Tampa Bay at Atlanta, 1 p.m. on Fox. Arizona at uh, Chicago, 1 p.m. on Fox. We have the Chargers at Cincinnati, 1 p.m. on Fox. Uh, wow. There's a lot of Fox there. Minnesota at Detroit, 1 p.m. also. No, that's on CBS. Okay. Oh. Just throw me curves left Lucky and right CBS. here. Yeah. Denver at Kansas City. Now, that has been moved to a Sunday night game, so we're just that reading it where it is. It's a lot easier to keep track of. So Denver's at Kansas City, 8.20 p.m. That'll be on NBC. So that's your Sunday night game. We have the Giants at Miami, 1 p.m. on Fox. Philadelphia at the Jets, 1 p.m. on CBS. So Philadelphia goes to the Meadowlands two, years, two weeks in a row. Yeah. Indianapolis at Houston, 1 p.m. on CBS. Washington at Las Vegas, 4.05 p.m. on Fox. So that means another game will, that got moved is going to be on CBS because of the time, because I asked Miss A where, and it would, that would mean, because uh, that means CBS has a doubleheader. Jacksonville at the Rams, I don't know who decided, well, you know, it's at the Rams, you got to put it on sometime, but it's in, in, it's in the doubleheader week, 425. If the Rams can't get well now, they're in real trouble. Uh, Baltimore at Pittsburgh, that's going to be interesting. Not so much that Pittsburgh's as good as people hope they would, but just the story here, you know, the, uh, can they do something against their biggest rival when, when they're, you know, up against it, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, uh, 425 CBS, San Francisco at Seattle will now be the 425 game. And I'm sure that'll be on CBS. That'll be on CBS. Right. Yeah. And then the Monday night game will be the Patriots at Buffalo, 815 PM ESPN. And they haven't met, uh, this year. So here we are, December 6th it'll be, and they will meet. And uh, for the division lead, Patriots by half a game. And uh, they're going to play two games, of course, in the next five weeks with only five weeks to go. And so this is going to be this is going to be a good game. And, uh, you know, maybe the best game of the week. And finally, the best game is on Monday night. Is We haven't seen much of that this year. But, uh, you know, that's what, what you got coming up for that. The buys, Cleveland to lick their wounds. Green Bay, Tennessee needs to lick their wounds, too. And Carolina. Green Bay can kind of go be a little more relaxed atmosphere when they go on their buy. And, and how about yeah. this, though? Cleveland... All right, they played Baltimore this past 
actually. They got to buy, and then they turn around and play Baltimore again next week. Yes, they do. That's yes, right. They do. And it's just uh, the luck of the luck of the schedule. Well, there's a lot of weird scheduling. things. If you save all these division games for the end, you're going to get stuff like that. Yeah. You know? Yeah, but it's stupid. That was just a stupidity. With you balance them out a bit. Yeah. Well. Anyway, yeah, the it, NFL knows what the NFL they'll, wants. They'll 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 uh, they'll blame the, some computer somewhere. Right. So uh, a couple of uh, an interesting stat before we leave uh, with my news and notes that I got. Derek Carr was the thirtieth. Uh, uh, 30,000 yards, and it's the fifth player to do it in his first eight years, and the other two were Peyton Manning, Dan Marino, uh, Matt Ryan, and Matthew Stafford. And then, uh, and I told you already about the ratings for the Cowboys and Raiders, and that, that's not a surprise. Boy, CBS, I'm sure when that came up in the draw, when they saw that was coming in the middle of Thanksgiving, they were very happy, and it worked out for them. And we've already talked about the Mike McCarthy situation with the coaches, and uh, so Dallas We'll see if they can, you know, if they if they get uh, if they get Lamb. So you're saying is Lamb out too, or is he coming back? Uh, I don't know, uh, but I don't know about back I heard Lamb. Lamb was coming back, and I, I heard that Cooper. I don't necessarily think it's COVID, but I think Cooper is probably going to miss the game. Yeah, okay. because uh, they they put out a press release, Sean. That's why I said he's not going to play. He's still not feeling well, so they don't think he's going to be be okay, available. He was back in the facility yesterday. Yeah. Okay. All right, so I think uh, and, uh, just any more. Yeah. Go ahead, Richard Rick. McCaffrey. He's got an ankle injury. He's gone for the year. That's right. Yep. Yeah. And Delvin Cook with a separated shoulder. They're hoping it may only be two weeks, but it could be longer. Okay. Yeah. Well, they, kept, they kind of play, held their own when with uh, Madison there when Cook was out before, so maybe they can be okay. Yeah. All right. Any more NFL before we move to the? I'll bet. Football? I'll bet Pierre wants to talk about the NFL. So he Pierre, probably does. If you want to hit the button. Well, Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram will both be back this week, but I don't see, I, I don't see how they can start Taysom Hill with that bad foot. In fact, at the beginning of the week, they were talking about starting their fourth-round draft choice hmm. this year. So I don't know. It's not looking good for the Saints. Well, Pierre, the only thing I can tell you is I read um, yesterday, and, of course, you live there, so you, you would have updated information that Taysom Hill was taking all the first-team reps in practice. So Yeah, that's what I heard, too, yeah. And, and Dallas is a four-and-a-half-point favorite. I would not bet this game on my no, life. I, I would hate to be a gambler in Vegas because I think I would, say, it, I, know, I would stay completely contest. away from this game. I really don't know even yet what I'm going to do. Okay, so college football, we have the we have last week's top ten just to get the, the scene set. We had Georgia at number one. Uh, number two was Ohio State. Three was Alabama. Four was Cincinnati. Five was Michigan. Six was Notre Dame. Seven was Oklahoma State. Eight, Baylor. Nine, Mississippi. And ten, Oklahoma. Now, just to tell you, and we will find out later tonight what the uh, official committee is going to do, the AP25 decided to go with Georgia 1, Michigan 2, Cincinnati 3, and Alabama 4. That's just food for thought. Doesn't I, mean think, anything. I think that is going to be pretty close to what the committee does. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we'll see. Um, okay, so Georgia killed Georgia Tech, forty-five nothing. No surprise there. Georgia Tech's horrible. Michigan uh, beat Ohio State, forty-two to twenty-seven. Rick and I agreed. We had a situation. We went out uh, with you know uh, with uh, you know friends, and we're sitting. And Linda, uh, Rick's wife, and we're sitting there, and you hear all these people. We're in a sports bar, and people are going, "Whoa, hey, whoa!" And we're like, "What the heck is going on?" We decided our definition of hell would be where you can hear a game, and you hear the crowd, but you just can't hear the play-by-play. You just don't know what's 
what's going on. And that's what we had. But And, and it, I had a feeling it was Michigan. I think I t- said to yeah. Rick, I think it's Michigan's doing well because the crowd seemed pretty happy. You know, yeah. We could hear the crowd, and we knew it was in the big house. Yeah. So they did beat Ohio State pretty good, 42-27. to 27, But as I say, we didn't really uh, get to And it really wasn't, it wasn't that close. It, it really, really, was. really was not. And now, for the, now, now, for those of you that follow college football religiously, it, you know, for years, Jim Harbaugh can't beat Michigan. Jim Harbaugh well, okay, can't that's beat Michigan. That's, yeah. get, that's what I'm getting to. It's the first okay. time in eight years that Michigan beat Ohio State, only the third time this century that Michigan had beat Ohio State. Wow. So he got that monkey off his back. He he did it. You know, Harbaugh and got a little job security. Plus, you know, they're number two. They're going to be probably number two in this week. So I'm predicting. So I mean, yeah, but he better not. But he better not lose this weekend because if he yeah. does, the Big no. Ten's going to be really mad. That's yeah. right. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. All right. Cincinnati beat East Carolina 35-13. I heard some of that game on Friday, and and, and it was you know they 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 gave him a hard time for a quarter, but then uh, Cincinnati pulled away. Now the one I did hear a lot of because I did the uh, the blitz thing, you know when I got home. Uh, Alabama over Auburn, 24-22 in four overtimes. And we had uh, uh, Bryce Young leading them back on a 97-yard drive to tie the game. And this, the, uh, the Auburn was 118-0 and since 2005 or four or something in the, uh, in the fourth quarter when they led by 10 points or more. So that was yes. pretty amazing. You know, you know what, though? I got to tell you, and, and, you know, humor is one of my things. I, Andy Bertram did uh, basketball Wednesday, Thursday, Friday in the Bahamas, and he had to fly back and do the Iron Bowl. I thought he sounded pretty good doing the Iron Bowl. Okay. Well, we only heard, and that's the other thing, just quickly, I noticed they don't have both broadcasts. on. So all we heard was Penn State. And, 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 they sh- and they should. Yeah, I don't know why they don't, because everybody's Learfield or whatever, but, you know, it can't be a rights thing. But all, we only heard Eli, you know, that we we didn't hear the Auburn guys or anything. So, by the, the way, by the way, it. by the way, Chris, while we're on this game, um, the overtime rules. We've been debating these all year. Yeah. The first overtime you play from the twenty-five. The second overtime you do as well, but you have to go for two. And then the third overtime, from there on, all you do is go for two. But you do it. Here, here's the difference: you do it in the third overtime. You're at one end. The fourth overtime, you're at one end. The fifth over, and they keep rotating it. Why don't you just play the darn thing out? That takes all that yes. you know, all the time well, the to fans, run each yeah. end of the field. Um, unless you, yeah, the reason they don't is because the people in one end zone get mad. How come we didn't get to see any well, of these it's plays? The stupidest, it's the stupidest way to have an overtime. It, it really is. And I was, I was listening to. The Auburn feed and Andy Bertram said he absolutely hates those overtime rules. Brad he said I would. He said I would just assume we play the thing out and take your, you know, play it, play a, a quarter and see what it is. Yeah, Brad Nessler, Gary Danielson ripped on it, and then even in the post game afterwards uh, with Zucker and New Heisel and Brian Jones. Brian Jones really went off on it, yeah. which uh, he's very opinionated. <laughs> so, so a big game uh, right out in the evening. Oklahoma State beat Oklahoma 37-33. We'll be talking more about Oklahoma later here. But, <laughs> yeah. uh, you yeah. know, so that puts Oklahoma State in that championship game. And one of the things Sean's going to do uh, when we get done with these uh, scores, probably the best time to do it, and then we'll get into the news and notes, is to run down the schedule of the championship games. Uh, because And that also keeps Oklahoma State – um, you know, in the running, should yeah, certain been, things happen? There'll be five yeah. or six or something. So if somebody stumbles, they'll they'll be able to move up. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. Notre Dame uh, over Stanford, forty-five to fourteen, in Brian Kelly's last game as the Irish coach. Uh, Mississippi beat Mississippi State, thirty-one twenty-one. Cracked more eggs than the uh, than the uh, the Bulldogs did, so they oh, won it. We have, we have news on them coming up too. 
Okay. Baylor beat Texas Tech 27-24. We had Oregon over Oregon State 38-29. But uh, Utah and Oregon are both going to the championship game. Michigan State over Penn State 30-27. The biggest failure in the round robin was the Nittany Lions of Penn State. I don't think they won any of those games, did they? No. And, no, <laughs> they didn't. And, they just, and James Franklin got a 10-year extension. He got a 10-year contract. Now, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I, I would yeah. Say that. Sure. BYU over USC, 35-31. Utah over Colorado, 28-13. We have Iowa over Nebraska, 28-21. The Iowa comeback, as uh, Perry said. They were uh, behind, what, 21 to They were down 21 to, no, 21 to 6 into the fourth quarter. Wow, good comeback for them to go to the championship game. Houston over UConn had to have an opponent, so they put down that. Actually, UConn got Houston to come there, as a matter of fact, 45-17. Pitt over Syracuse, getting ready for their game, 31-14. Wake Forest all over BC, 41-10, getting ready for their matchup. San Diego State over Boise State, 27-16. And we had uh, Louisiana Lafayette over uh, Louisiana Monroe, 21-16. And NC State over North Carolina, 34-30. Clemson back in the top 25, just barely in the AP. Uh, 30 to nothing over South Carolina. Arkansas over Missouri, 34-17. LSU over A&M, 27-24. Kentucky over Louisville, 52-21. to And uh, they weren't in the top 25 anymore, but Minnesota beat Wisconsin, 23-13, which sets up the uh, championship game the way it's going to be. And that, of oh. course, um, with uh, LSU beating Texas A&M, Jimbo Fisher couldn't even beat a on the way out the door coach. <laughs> yeah, it was well. What it was, I think they were playing for Edo, and A and M was just like, oh, whatever. We're we're here. That was one of those. I think Texas A and M. I don't know. Uh, I'm, not that they let it down, but I think LSU was playing as a thank you to Jimbo. I think those players are like, you thank mean, you, coach, to uh, Coach O. Edo, yeah. to Coach Edo, to Edo. Ooh. Well, they wanted Jimbo, but that we'll get <laughs> they to that did. They wanted Jimbo, but we'll tell yeah. you who they got. They wanted Jimbo, <laughs> but yeah, but. <laughs> they wanted him, but I'll say no. The one that got me, North Carolina was in the lead most of that game, and then NC State just came back, and you know, and because they had to have Wake Forest lose to get because they were to get in that championship game against Pitt, but of course Wake Forest was playing BC, and they. Had I think Wake business. Forest. I think Wake Forest had already beaten them, so I think they would have had the tiebreaker. I, uh, I didn't know the way they said the way they were saying it is if Wake Forest lost because it would have been a second. Loss for Wake Forest somehow. Oh, okay. In conference, okay. Then because yeah, of the Clemson loss. Okay. Because of the Clemson loss. That but we NC do have State some champion. Gone. We do have some championship games this weekend. Yeah. yeah. Let me go through them. Yeah. We start on Friday night, 7 p.m. Eastern. UTSA Western Kentucky, uh, the Conference USA Championship. That's on CBS Sports Network. And then at 8 p.m. Eastern, the Pac-12 rematch, Utah Oregon on ABC. Then we go to Saturday, two games at noon, the MAC championship, which, uh, you know, it's just, hey, it's in Northern Illinois, Kent State on ESPN, and also the Big 12 championship, Baylor, Oklahoma State on ABC. That is, a, of course, a rematch. And remember, Oklahoma State won the earlier game. Then we go to 3 o'clock, the Mountain West, San Diego State and Utah State. Now, that is interesting because if somehow Cincinnati slips up, uh, the highest ranked team that is a group of five gets to go to a New Year's Six Bowl. So, but that's at 3 p.m. Eastern, and that's on uh, Fox. 4 p.m. Eastern, we got two games. The AAC Championship, Houston-Cincinnati, that is on ABC. And the SEC Championship, Alabama-Georgia on CBS. 
Then we go to 8 p.m. Eastern for the final two games, the ACC Championship on ABC, Wake Forest Pitt. And you know they're going, oh, we're getting killed because they got opposite it, the Big Ten Championship on Fox, Iowa, and Michigan. The Sun Belt does not have a championship game. They have 10 teams, but they did not decide to do like the Big 12. Now, in the future, they will as they add more teams. But so I think right. uh, Louisiana Lafayette, I think, is their, considered their conference champion. And um, Kirk Ferentz announced today that Spencer Petrus will start uh, for Iowa. Okay. In this game, because we know that um, P- Petrus was a starter. Alex Padilla took over when he was injured, and then Friday, Alex Padilla played the first half and did little to nothing. And uh, Ferens brought in uh, Petrus again for the second half. And um, also, and expect a lot of points in the Wake Forest. You see, that's the thing they could get. They could pick up some uh, some people if it's a close game. There's going to be a lot of scoring that Wake Forest pit game. Neither team. It has great defenses, so you're going to see a lot of points in that one, I think. And Pierre, and Pierre before, we, before we get into news, let's bring back Pierre. He probably uh, has something on college football. Is that true, Pierre? he does. Ooh, yeah. Uh, uh, Coach O kind of rubbed it in when he left. He said, I'm not coaching the, uh, the bowl game. I'm on my way to Destin, Florida. And he said, I'm going to have, have to check and see if I've got enough money to buy a hamburger. He got a $70 million buyout, but he's got a check. Maybe in his divorce, divorce, Pierre, maybe she got a lot of that buyout. How how expensive are those hamburgers in Florida, Bill? Are they really high or what? (laughs) But but also the uh, Louisiana uh, Lafayette coach, he's he's leaving and going to be the head coach at Florida. Yep, we'll get to him. Now, Pierre, you live down there and you follow LSU. What is the people's reaction of the new? Well, we haven't gotten to that yet. Yeah, we're oh. gonna we're gonna run through the stories and we'll cover them all. You know, in the order that they came up. Uh, in okay. Our, you know. So hang on, hang on, Pierre, and we'll get back to that one. Now, one all thing right. that interests me, and I think interests anybody who listens to college football, we're losing a great crew: uh, Jim Brandstetter and Dan Deardorf. After this year, and I hope they kind of hope they go out with a, a good uh, bowl. Appearance, a good maybe a championship. I mean, hey, well, wouldn't that be something for Jim and Dan? They're they're both my age, born in '49. I looked them up on Miss A, and they do a great job. Of course, Dan Deardorf is well known nationally for having done uh, stuff on uh, NBC and CBS and so so, so forth. ABC, but now, but now ABC. there's a lot of there's a lot of people in our part of the world, Chris, that would say. Uh, you know, we wish them well, but uh, we would just not now. That, yeah. Not now. We we want to beat them and get to a better bowl. That's right. <laughs> Florida is hiring Louisiana's coach uh, Billy uh, Napier. You know, it isn't easy to get. I always forget which Louisiana it is to get because they show them in the rankings as Louisiana. Well, then you have to remember it's Louisiana. They they still want to call them well, Louisiana Lafayette on this day. They don't like to be there. They're listed as they used to be Louisiana Lafayette. Now, well, they were Southwestern Louisiana, and then they were Louisiana Lafayette. Now they're the University of Louisiana. Louisiana. They consider themselves the main campus, and Louisiana well, Monroe is the other one. It's not official till Miss A knows about it, and she wasn't <laughs> told, so she's not going to tell you that. Yeah. Okay. Now, so we got the big uh, bombshells hit this weekend with Lincoln Riley from Oklahoma to USC. So let's talk about that. Uh, okay. Well, my my one question about that, remember earlier in the season when they had the quarterback controversy in Oklahoma with the student uh, 
media person, you know, getting the story and, you know, get, getting it to all the yeah, bigger yeah. reporters. Right. L.A. is a much bigger media market. Is, does he think he's yeah. going to be able to lock things down in USC? I'm curious I about that. I don't know. We'll get, that'll, that'll come up. Let's, all right. Let's go through the whole, how this all happened. Apparently, well, as you know, Lincoln Riley going to USC, uh, a reportedly a 10-year $110 million deal. Now, USC is a private college, so they do not have to reveal it. And But the rumors are, now this is weird. This is a good deal for him. They're buying his two houses in Norman for 500000 over the market value apiece. Now, what's he doing with two houses in Norman? I mean, is it, Norman's not that big of a town. I mean, is he no, going to have not. a house? Maybe the mistress? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and they're buying him a $6 million house in L.A., which, I mean, $6 million house in L.A., what's that, like a three-bedroom? No. <laughs> yeah. but, um, and 24-hour use of the private jet. So, hey, he can get that jet at 2 in the morning and... There's a couple things that they're going, putting into this. Number one, Oklahoma's uh, laws on the name, image, and likeness. He feels they weren't released well enough. Uh, he says a lot of states did it better. It's not just an L.A. thing. It's a, uh, you know, because there's other states smaller than California. Alabama went pretty good. Ohio, Texas, Wisconsin, Michigan have a lot better. And plus, he also was not, he did not want to coach in the SEC. And with Joe Castiglio, and we all know where they went, it's a money thing, but he did not want to coach there. Plus, he already had the controversy. Remember this year, as Robert brought up, the whole Spencer Rattler thing with the student, the newspaper guy at the balcony of the student center who saw uh, Caleb Williams taking the, uh, you know, taking the first team wraps. The question has come up, will Spencer Rattler transfer to USC? Uh, I would be surprised if that would happen. I know. I have already heard he is in the transfer portal, but he is not going to USC. He, I've heard he is going to Arizona State, but he's already oh, put Herm himself. Edwards. Yeah, <laughs> so he's he'll play against. <laughs> yes, yeah, he was. No, he was not happy with Lincoln Riley anyway. I thought maybe since Riley's leaving, he might stay. Now the other thing is USC has this young quarterback, but the, but Caleb Williams is he going to go with USC? And the other big deal is that I'm seeing Lincoln Riley got a lot of recruits from California. Oklahoma, Alabama, Ohio State, all those schools got a lot of recruits from California. And that's been the knock, not just on USC, but a lot of the California schools. You have a high school hotbed like California, and that's the same thing that they're saying about the schools here in Texas. You know, the Texas colleges are not keeping them here. and But a, lot of, a number of players from the 22 class, and especially from the 23 class, have decommitted from Oklahoma, and they're looking at USC because of Lincoln Riley. So that's where you see with that one going out. Like I said, I've listened to a lot of Oklahoma City radio, and and one person here in Austin even said, Kevin Durant's going, thank you, Lincoln. I'm not the most hated person in Oklahoma anymore. (laughs) So the the other big coaching story was Brian Kelly leaving Notre Dame and going to go to LSU. Now, he wants to coach in the uh, SEC West and uh, be right in the middle of that. And I guess the recruiting, uh, you were saying, Sean, it it is harder to recruit at Notre Dame. The academic standards are higher and so forth. 
Yeah, but he man, wants to I mean, coach Dave at LSU, Doble. Chris. Let's be honest. He wants to coach at LSU because he's getting 10 years and $95 million. He is. He is. And, yeah. and, it's a lot. and it is a lot. I mean, LSU, you know, academically, they can get them in. Where Notre Dame, remember, Lou Holtz got in a little bit of trouble for bending the rules, getting athletes in there. And this one, I mean, this one kind of floored me. Like I said, 10, mir- 10 years, $95 million. Uh, well, some are saying 100 but of course, we'll be able to see that one because it's public. And what it it leaked before he had a chance to tell his players. So he and rumor was some of his coaching staff were on recruiting visits when it start when Pete Thamel and others started putting it out. And so he sent a text to his players and said, "I want to have a meeting with you at seven a.m. in the morning." And so he did sit down and meet with his players and say, "This is what's going on." And then I listened to a little bit of the Jack Swerber, the athletic director from Notre Dame. I listened to a little bit of his press conference. And he said, when they asked him, they said, were you given a chance to match the offer? And he said, no. He just came in and said, I'm resigning. I'm taking another job. Thank you. I appreciate my time here at Notre Dame. And, you know, I really appreciate it. Work. Like, and he was at Notre Dame for 11 years. Yeah, he was there for 11 years. He's one of only three coaches at Notre Dame to win – a hundred games or more, and this year he just set the record for all-time winningest coach at Notre Dame. But my question is, is he going to be a fit for LSU? Because he's a Midwest guy. I mean, certain schools have that fit. It reminds me of John Makovic here at Texas. John Makovic, a wine guy, connoisseur, kind of. It's kind of that same thing. He's he's kind of. I mean, Ed O. Yeah, Ed O. Had his issues, but Ed O. That type of coach is more of a fit. Now, Nick Saban came from the Midwest and fit in at LSU, but he won. But is he going? I well, mean, that's, why, that's, why, that's why I asked the question on Pierre. He lives there. Well, how how do people, people I'm saying people, him too, people you know? in Baton Rouge have been asking that question. Is he a fit? You know, I don't know where he played his college ball, but he's originally from Massachusetts. Actually, well, but so, I mean, he's coached around. He's coached around the Midwest and from the Northeast. I mean, yeah. so, like I mean, people in Baton Rouge have been asking that question. <clears throat> is he, you mm-hmm. know, and and it just it caught me. But both of these, it it shook. It shook. And where does Notre Dame go for a head coach? Ironically, like we were saying before the show, here's remember the last coach came from Cincinnati to Notre Dame, Brian Kelly, and Luke Fickle is a high commodity. You could very easily, if certain things happen and teams slip up. You can see Cincinnati and Notre Dame in the playoffs. They they may not hire Cincinnati while if they're still in the playoffs, but they may have something. Usually, him coaching for one team in the playoffs, going to another team. Now, chances are they wouldn't be playing each other. They'd be going opposite of Georgia, Alabama, Michigan, whoever's in there. But you can see something very ironic like that. Like is Luke Fickle staying at Cincinnati? And then then the other thing, Bob Stoops is going to coach the Oklahoma team during the bowl game, and some people are saying, do we keep him? Do we keep him for three years? But the assistant coach at Clemson, the guy they're looking at, uh, you know, he, he's a guy that's kind of being looked at. Uh, Kellen Moore from the Cowboys, one that Oklahoma's mentioned, and then for, uh, for Notre Dame, Iowa State, Matt Campbell, Luke Fickle, Marcus Freeman, the defense coordinator at Notre Dame, those are your top three. And apparently, and I, it sounded to me from listening last night that Jamie Pollard at Iowa State is a little more nervous about this one than he has been some in the past. By the way, we have two stories just breaking now. Um, I hope I'm getting this name. Brent Pry, 
from uh, Penn State. One of their coordinators has been hired at Virginia Tech, replacing Justin Fuente. And former, yeah, UC- right. and former UCF running back, uh, I believe it's Otis Anderson Jr., has been uh, shot and killed at his Ooh. at his father's home. And his father has now been charged with first-degree murder. Yeah, oh, my. Otis Anderson, uh, Rick and I remember, he played for the, the Giants. Giants. Yes. Yeah, and, yeah the Falcons. MVP of Super Bowl yeah. 25. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's right. That's the same one. Okay, any more, any more college, uh, college yeah, Yes, there is one more. We, I'm surprised you missed this, Chris. Uh, this okay. is, we're going to get everybody a good laugh now. Ole Miss kicker, kicker Caden Costa was suspended last Wednesday by the NCAA for performance-enhancing drugs. They didn't okay. say what performance-enhancing drug he used. He did not play in the Egg Bowl, which is, we know, Ole Miss won 31 to 21. And he says he will not play in the upcoming bowl game, but he is appealing his suspension. Okay. Who in the world would, who in the world of your kicker would need performance? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, he, maybe he's from Colorado and he just doesn't like being down in that humid weather. I don't know. <laughs> that would, that yeah. would, that would work, Chris, but he's from Louisiana. There you go. He's, yeah. he's, used, to it. he's used to it anyway. Okay. Yeah. I guess we're ready for baseball now. Oh, Pierre, wants to, Pierre yeah. wants to come back in. Okay, yeah. Pierre can come back. Oh, come on, Pierre. All right. Hello, We've Pierre. got a whole bunch of good Mets news for Teresa here if she's listening. Yes. Too. Yes. Well, we're waiting on Pierre. Pierre is muted oh. and we cannot hear him. Okay. Um, okay, we'll come back to Pierre. All right. Um, so we'll do, Chris, get before going. you get okay. into all of it, I got it. Oh, okay, go ahead. Okay, Pierre. Okay, um, Robert was asking what the people in Louisiana are thinking about this hiring. Well, the news reporters, they really like it. In fact, they're thanking Lincoln Riles going to USC so we could get this guy. And, um, and, uh, but the people are wondering that uh, this guy is, um, you know, even at Notre Dame, every year, he, every year he gets you in the top ten, but he, can he win the big game? Right. Uh, we're going to find that out. <clears throat> and there's a lot of big games on his schedule every year, too. One, I guess uh, Barry Switzer thinks Oklahoma should go after Mike Leach. Oh, my Lord. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. (laughs) That would be, if nothing else, Mike Leach and Mike Gundy in the same state. Oh, my God. (laughs) You think it's entertaining enough with him and Lane Kiffin in the same state? Uh, Now, which one had the press conference on where he said he was 40? That was Mike Gundy. Gundy. That was Mike Gundy. Mike Leach. And Mike Leach is a guy you can get your program going, but then you can get him. He's going to say something or do something oh, yeah. and get you in trouble after a few years. And he's had a couple of inst- issues at Mississippi State. One of them, and I forget what he said. It wasn't horrible, horrible, but he had to no, go through. He had to go through um, sensitivity sensitivity training, training and all. Yeah. Uh, okay, Chris, Chris. Before you get into your baseball stuff, I'm sure you did not have this one. Uh-huh. Apparently, now uh, the Cubs are going to be like the Reds and the Pirates and go right off the scrap heap because the Cubs this afternoon have agreed to a deal with uh, former Yankee benchwarmer Clint Frazier. Oh, and not not only that, Perry. They also agreed to a deal with Jan Gomes this afternoon. Yep. That, yeah. Yeah. That we got that one coming up. But Jan Gomes, like, yep. is at least. Um, a you know he's at least a decent catcher, yeah, but this guy is. could this guy could never break the break okay. into the lineup at all. No. But, but what no, I what I fear we're dealing sorry. with with the Cubs, and I've said for years with Theo and Jed, it's always you know 
Red Sox and Padres and Red Sox and Padres with those two. This Carter Hawkins, I wonder now if we're starting Indians, 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 because that's what he knows. Yeah, now, uh, Perry, my question is, you you have an all-star catcher already there, unless he's a free agent. Wilson uh, after After next year, he is, and Jesse Rogers tweeted from ESPN this morning that the Cubs might be willing to listen on Wilson Contreras now. Oh, boy. But, Chris, right. there's a whole lot more news there's than that. A whole lot more to talk yeah. about. Okay, so we have Stephen Matz. Uh, he went to the Cardinals for four years, $44 million, and was with Toronto before. Then with the Mets, they signed infielder Eduardo Escobar, outfielder uh, Mark Canna, and then another outfielder, of course, Starling Marte. Then the Red Sox, uh, they, they just did this little piddling thing. They signed Michael Walker to a one-year contract, uh, and he had been, I don't know, bounced around for a while. He started off very well, I remember, with the Cardinals, but he really had done And I can sense. tell you, uh, as an A's fan, uh, the Mets are going to love, absolutely love, Mark Canna. He's one hell of well, a he better player. better not do anything wrong or Steve will yeah. go to Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, Seattle got uh, Adam Frazier from San Diego for some prospect. Uh, Corey Kluber, one year, Tampa Bay, $8 million, but he could get up to 13 with incentives. Uh, Minnesota extended uh, Byron Buxton's contract seven years for $100 million. He was on the trade market last year and rumored to be coming up this summer right. to be on the trade market if the Twins were out of it. You know what? Um, I guess what I don't understand about that one is – Byron Buxton is a great player when he's healthy, right. but he has never proven he can stay healthy. And, and we know the way the Twins spend money. I mean, if they boy, if, if they throw all this money at him, you you just hope if he's not healthy, they're going to have to do something to replace him. Yeah, right. Okay, Marcus Simeon went to Texas. You don't think of Texas as a destination to be going for a guy like this? Seven years, hundred seventy-five million. And, and, of course, he's been great, and, you know, really good with Toronto last year and with the A's before that. Was yeah, that right? and, uh, and what uh, what they're going to do uh, is he will be the full-time second baseman because they took care of their shortstop issue, which they, they did. They did. Okay. Ahead, Chris. Kevin Kevin Gossman for Toronto for five years, and uh, the, we, we don't know exactly how much. for uh, Some some reports 127, some reports 110. Right. But the big one, the men, we're even making Teresa happier than she already was about those other guys that I mentioned. Max Scherzer to the Met, three years for $130 million and opt out after the second year for Max. So he is on to the Met. The well-traveled Max Scherzer, by the way. Yeah. That was kind now. of a surprise because a lot of people – didn't think he would sign within the division, you know, and compete against the uh, Nationals. And he, uh -huh. will, by the way, with deferred money, he's going to be getting, um, instead of the, you know, the value, but it, totally, he's going to be getting $53 million a year. So Max is going to be doing well. So yeah. is he going to have one of these things like we have uh, with uh, Palmera? Who is it that gets Bobby that? Bonilla. Bobby Bonilla. Bobby Bonilla. Every year, you know? yeah. I don't know. Uh, Robbie Ray to Seattle, five years for $115 million. Texas uh, got uh, Corey, uh, Corey Seager, 10 years for $325 million. He's a heck of a player, though, Robert. You were kind of yeah. frowning upon the, the length well, and the, I, the I, numbers the only there. Reason, the only, I wasn't frowning on the player, Chris. I was frowning on the history in Texas Rangers and long-term contracts because, remember, they were the organization that opened up the A-Rod vault and gave him 10 years and $252 million before, and then they eventually had to dump him on the Yankees. 
Right. And of course, Ranger fans remember that, but they're going to say, well, it's a different administration and we know what we're doing. And, and the guy's yeah. not that old, I don't think. Yeah. You know, right. you're not signing a 30 year old to a 10 year right. contract like you sometimes no. see. Does Xander Bogart look at this contract? It was a free agent after uh, next year? Yes, he does. Uh, yes, he does. Miami and Marlins got, uh, and they said, this will do, we'll do these together because they, here come the Pirates again. They uh, uh, got very. Got rid of, traded Jacob Stallings, a great catcher for them, uh, for three minor league players. We were kind of talking about that. And then Pittsburgh turned around and signed uh, Roberto Perez, I guess his name is. Yes. And he's not much of a, anything, you know, he's just no. kind, of, kind of a guy. So. And I know. don't know. Remember, we did, we discussed this when it happened, but I don't know if by the time the season ended, if it happened, but Jacob Stallings had a long uh, string of Arrow games street, going right? with no pass balls. So That's I don't know correct. if he ever. No I do not know if he ever had one by the end of the season. But that is yeah. correct. I don't know. And then Javier Baez going to Detroit, where he thinks it might be a little quieter for four years for uh, six. No, uh, six years. Six years for one hundred and forty. I'm sorry. And the thing is, uh, you know, the Tigers are making good steps in the right direction there. So they may be a contender in that division. It's not that hard to do, you know, in that particular division. And then Jan Gomes, as uh, Robert mentioned, went to the Cubs as a catcher and uh, two years for 13. And there, there was apparently some uh, discussions and maybe there was, I don't know if there were any updates today, but about the only substantive thing they talked about is somehow division winners could pick their wild card opponent. Uh, that so that would correct. mean okay. Now, so does that mean okay? Red Sox, Yankees in the wild card, and then if the it then says okay, if the Red Sox win, they have to go to Tampa Bay. Here's the way get, it works. Here's the way it would okay. work, Chris. There's yeah. going to be seven teams in the playoffs in each in AL and NL. Right. The number one seed gets a bye. Right. Then the the next three would be your division winners. And then those three teams, you know, the two team would get to pick first. They can pick either of the five, six, or seven. Then the three gets, you know, the next pick, and then the four gets who's left. For the well, wild card there's game. Only three divisions. Yeah. There's only three divisions. So oh, that's right. There are two three. And three. I'm yeah. in the NFL. There's only three divisions. So yeah. the yeah. one, two, yeah. three. Two and three, and then the two left over right. wild cards would play each other. Right. Right. Okay. So we'll see how it all breaks down. That, again, we will see, and we need to, uh, you know, just say, for baseball now, other after the next couple of days we're going to see just rumors of all kinds of stuff that's going to be on the table it's going to come through no dh dh uh you know second they're pretty second sure there will they're innings. pretty sure there's going to be a universal right. dh they're pretty yeah. sure that the, the expanded playoff they agree on here's the problem most of the economic issues they agree on but there's just a few things and as, as we well know i mean they nitpick one another um, apparently, I read an article in The Athletic by uh, Evan Drellick, and the players have about eight things that they're a little unhappy with, and Bruce mm. Meyer is their lawyer, and of course, you know, these the lawyers come into things, and we know what that does to things. Yep. He wants to get everything back, and I was listening to Steve Sachs last night on the MLB Network Radio, and he says, you know, he said, pick two. You know, he said, you're not going to get everything back in one negotiation. He said, pick a, pick your, pick a couple of them, try to wiggle, you know, whittle those off and get the thing yeah. done. Well, that's because, politics. You know, it's like what Joe, Joe Biden has said this, you know, I'd like six or seven of these things. I'll take two now or three and I'll try later, or we will try in the yeah. next uh, 10 years to get the other two or three. You know what I mean? That's what you do. That's right. But the, you, you know, do. that's the problem. And the uh, spending over the past few weeks. I mean, baseball's in real trouble. They, they've already spent about $2 billion. 
mm-hmm. for contracts. So there are, remember, I mean, there's a lot going on there. And remember, yeah. if there is a lockout, it'll start officially on Thursday. So Thursday midnight. Now, and, and remember, the owners do not have to lock them out. The owners could say, you know, we think we're doing good enough. Let's just let's go two weeks or, you know, till January. They don't have to lock them out. The players and this is what people need to understand. And I think in a lot of ways, Chris, they get a bad rap in some ways. Mm -hmm. The players are not striking. They are being locked out by the owners. Correct. Yeah. And so the thing is that you, you know, um, you look at these contracts and people are getting big money right now. And if the owners, some of the owners have just paid this big money and they're saying, okay, we, we're willing to deal with the system as it is because these guys are going to be under, could be under different contracts than the people that sign after Thursday. And so, that's why they're trying to get a lot of these done. That's right. That's right. So if the owners are ha- generally happy, it's a good sign if the owners say, well, let's go to the end of the year or something, because they'll feel like there's real progress and it's not right. going to be that different. But if the owners think that the contract can be a lot more favorable to them, they're going to want to stop signing these things. And the owners that have Texas and the Mets and that have done this, well, so be it. You know, you got what you got, but uh, now That's we're going right. to get a better deal. Now, now for the Red Sox, have. for the Red Sox, Chris, it sounds like they're just going to kind of dabble in things. There's nothing real... Yeah, that I haven't heard anything. No, yeah. uh, Jamal has his hand up though. Now, uh, Jamal, uh, wanna, before, you... I need to introduce Jamal a little okay. bit. We were talking about Sean uh, saying that all the fans in Chicago were not happy because uh, Brian Kelly left Notre Dame. We have a fan in Chicago that we know of <laughs> that is ecstatic that Brian Kelly left Notre Dame. Oh, well, I know he is. Sure. He didn't call the sports talk show. No, though. no, he's, he's busy. He's doing other things. I'm just saying. <laughs> the Notre Dame. He, fan hey, he called the best sports talk show. He, he called. Did. That's right. Did that. so, Jamal, That's right. how's it going? Hello, Jamal. I'm holding up okay. There he is, Jamal. Okay, a couple of things here. Number one, for an entity that's trying to lock out their players, baseball spending money like a bunch of drunken sailors. Yeah, that's right. I mean, you know, I think they'd be stupid to lock out the players after Thursday because you're spending all this money for what? And then if the negotiations go south and you ultimately get your – but handed to you, then all these contracts are, are for not, and then you're messing the, up city money. The yeah. argument, Jamal, that Rob Manfred would would give you is this. If we don't mm-hmm. do it now, and if we had to do it, we don't want to miss games. So he's wanting to do it now so they don't miss any games. Do you remember the well, 95 season, Jamal? You had a free agent, like a, a mig- like what migrant camps we see now, with all these like hundreds of free agents hanging around because nobody could do anything in the, right, right, right after the season. You know, right. uh, you know, because that's for the year they stopped in the middle and had no World Series. So it's a whole different situation, but they don't want to have something like that. That was a mess. Right. Well, Rob right. Manfred so, said he does not want anything like that, on, you know, to define his legacy that he, you know, with right. strikes and things right. like that. Right. right. I mean, I have my own opinion about Rob Manfred, but I'm <laughs> in public on a yes. I, I think, right I think now, everybody so agrees with your opinion, Jamal. Keeping it clean. Yes. Even though, even though I could probably get away with that I mean people on me, but nevertheless, but I wanna but I wanna get uh, the legend in trouble. But with all that being said about uh Notre Dame and some of these college football hires, I'm finding it very interesting that people that these coaches are dropping like flies. It started when Dan Mullen got ousted from Florida, then you got uh Lincoln Riley going to USC from Oklahoma, and now you got Brian Kelly going to L S U. My question is this, who is being rumored to take over for Lincoln Riley down in Oklahoma and who 
Yeah, I've heard a couple rumors about Notre Dame possibly uh, that he taxed jail. Somebody suggested they want to try to court him or Luke Fickle, but you know. Matt Campbell at Iowa State. Yeah. Right, but why? But the I'm the defensive coordinator. Even right, but, Marcus Freeman. Yeah, yeah. But so, I, I think well, it's I pretty know. hard to tell because it just happened. They, they, they were probably blindsided by this. They probably and, never and Oklahoma, it. Jamal, we covered to, we covered yeah. that one earlier. Kellen Moore for the Cowboys, their offensive coordinator. Um, the defense coordinator with Clemson. Yep. Yep. I can't remember his name. He's a he's a stupid disciple. But what I don't understand is this: you got Brian Kelly, coach there for twelve years. Now, granted, he hasn't won a national championship. But he and the Notre Dame fans haven't exactly turned on him and tried to uh, try to throw him overboard. But he's going to LSU, where if you don't win within three or four years, they're really they're ready to throw you overboard. Just look at the old Eddie Ogeron. Yeah. Well, you know, Jamal, he went for ninety-five million reasons. Yeah, well, and also, yeah, yeah, ninety-five, ninety-five million, and like I said, at less restrictions at LSU, Notre mm. Dame, they're very. It's all. It's almost like going to the service academies as far as what you do. It's a religious version of the service academies in a lot of ways. Okay. As far as getting in, and you know, that's yep. the right. other. Deal. Right. Okay. Okay. All right. Anything on the Bears, Jamal, while we got you? Well, yeah. it looks like Matt Nagy's safe for now since he won on, uh, won on Thanksgiving. But, you know, my guess is at the end of the season, unless the Bears just went out totally, which I'm not expecting them to do, then my guess is he'll probably be history. That's my guess. I think so. But, think so. but if he's history, then they're going to have to do something with that doofus of a general manager, too, because they can't let right. that fool hire another coach. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. All right. Thanks, Jamal. All right. We got the NBA standings here because I think we're probably done with uh, with this yes. uh, discussion. Yes, so, uh, I think with baseball. So. All right. So we got Brooklyn at number one in the East at fourteen to six. Chicago fourteen and eight. Miami thirteen and eight. Washington is in the four spot with thirteen and eight. Milwaukee thirteen and eight. I think they've won like six in a row or seven in a row, something like yes, that. Yes, they have. Yes, yeah, they so have. They've moved up back into the contending spot. Charlotte at thirteen and ten is number six. Then uh, the Knicks are eleven and nine at seven. Then here we go. Philadelphia is ten, eighth at eleven and ten. Cleveland is ninth at eleven and ten. Atlanta is tenth at eleven and ten. The Celtics are eleventh at eleven and ten. So there you go. And of course, right behind the Knicks, and you know it's still very volatile here. Toronto nine and twelve. Then Indiana in thirteenth at nine and fourteen. Detroit four and fifteen, and Orlando four and eighteen. Detroit and Orlando don't look like they're going to be coming to the party. In no. the West, we have Golden State at eighteen and two. Phoenix at uh, seven. Uh, what is it? Seventeen and three. So they won their sixteen in a row. And they, Robert's yeah. already talked about those games uh, Tuesday and Friday between Golden State and the Sun. Right. And uh, we have let's see who's number three. It is Minnesota. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, Golden State. Hang on, we're having a little problem. Golden State is okay. Then uh, Utah is third at fourteen and seven. Dallas ten and nine. The Clippers eleven and ten. Uh, Minnesota six. That's pretty good for them at eleven and ten. The Lakers at eleven and eleven. Memphis at eight, ten and ten. Denver is ten and ten. Also, they're ninth. Portland ten and eleven is tenth. Then we have Sacramento eight and thirteen. We have San Antonio six and thirteen. Oklahoma City is six and fourteen. Then we go down to New Orleans six and seventeen. Hey, Houston's won some games. They only had uh, what one win. They're four and sixteen. So they're all 
ecstatic in uh, rock, rocket land. And uh, I didn't have any news or notes on the NBA. Did no, nothing really, nothing yeah. really major going on. Uh, the only thing I can tell you, and I, I don't know how accurate this is, but uh, during Phoenix last game in Brooklyn on Saturday, they said Chris Paul became the first NBA player to have 20,000 points, 10,000 rebounds, and 5,000 assists. Now, yeah, I heard that. Yeah, yeah I've heard that too. Now I don't know how accurate that is because that is I, that is accurate. He's the first. He's I heard the first that to do that. Okay, all right. Okay, all right. Well, that's that's uh, quite a milestone for somebody. That's yes. Cool. Okay, and anything else in the NBA before we move to college basketball briefly? I don't think so. Nope. But okay, we do good. have we do have Dick, and I'll bet he wants to talk about the Bears. Yeah, and Dick, you're already unmuted. You're already unmuted. So, hello, boys. Hey. Hello, guys. Guys. Uh, ah, the Bears, come on now. They're going to get back <laughs> in on Sunday. So, uh, a few comments here. Uh, don't worry with baseball. The owners, they always came and they always will. Um, you know, I could have said, I could have said, Dick, you want to talk about the Packers. <laughs> you know, uh, poor, poor little Rogers. Here's a little boy. He's a little tall. I'm so sorry for him. Yeah, you know, yeah he's doing fine. Now, with, you know, now yeah. he's out for a week with a bye, so he's happy. Yeah. He'll be all right. Uh, you know what? I think, and I hate to say this, but I think they're going to probably go to the Super Bowl. Yeah, and I so think he'll fun. probably win, and then he'll leave Green Bay. That's what I think is going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't could be. surprise me at all. It could be. But, uh, uh, I don't think Iowa has much of a chance on uh, Saturday. I, I, te- I tend to agree with you. It's too bad, yep. but it, it is what it is. Uh, the thing about Iowa, you know, if they win, they mess everything up because they would, yeah, they they would go to the Rose Bowl. But, yeah, they're just you know. doing spoiler. They're doing spoiler. Basically. Yeah, that's, that's what they're doing. Yeah. So, anyway. But why it, is Oregon playing on Friday night? They've uh, always the packed no, well, well, always. Pac-12's always had it on Friday night because it used to be on Fox, but ABC picked it up, and I think because of timing, they have them all on. Unfri- I mean, they're I don't know why, they, but they just so they get it. their own window, and it's in, you know around what yeah. nine o'clock or something Eastern. Eight o'clock, eight, eight, o'clock, eight o'clock Eastern. Yeah, so it's a good time, you know, Friday night. People are ready for it, and they usually have a Friday night game anyway. So you yeah. know, later maybe ten, ten thirty, but they usually do play a Friday night game on the Pack uh, Pack Ten. So the Pack Twelve. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Ever since they've been guys. Okay. But what, Dick? One more comment. I got to take a little sure. shot at Notre Dame. I don't like okay. Notre Dame. Okay. Their fans are obnoxious, and so in <laughs> Chicago. And I think what they have to do is bring back Jerry Fowles. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> See, and that's the thing. Notre Dame, they're that team that, I mean, they are that team in the country that everybody you, everybody either loves them or they hate them. They're like the they Yankees. Don't, you, yeah, it's like the Yankees. Duke. They're like Duke basketball. Duke they're too, Yankees. Yeah. Same yep. thing, Cowboys. Uh, Cowboys. Yeah. yeah, same thing. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Got it, but thanks, guys. Take care. Nope. Take care you there. bet. Yeah, talk to you later. All right. So the college, college basketball. basketball. There's First just a few one. little notes. We have the Big Ten ACC Challenge. That's something Perry and I are always interested in. And it's one-to-one right now because last night uh, Iowa beat Virginia and we had uh, Illinois. No, 2 nothing Big Ten. What am I talking about? Illinois beat Notre Dame and Iowa beat Virginia. So 2 nothing, uh, no, uh, you know, the uh, Big Ten. And then, uh, Sean, you wanted to talk a little bit about uh, Dick Vitale. Oh, yeah. We we mentioned a little bit about this last week, about him coming back uh, to do the Gonzaga-UCLA game. It was number one and number two, first time two West Coast teams had done played uh, that have been number one and number two. And he's been out with lymphoma, cancer. He started October 12th. I think he started his treatment. But he had to be there in Vegas for it. And, I mean, the emotion. 
he he came out for that game, and he was just, I mean, Dave O'Brien did a very good job of walking him through. And, you know, you wouldn't know that he had been having treatment. I mean, once he started getting into the game, it's not like some of the other, like Lee Corso, you can tell he's had some issues. I mean, others, but Dickie V, he was just he was going, and like I said, I commend Dave O'Brien for walking oh, yeah. him through. He, he did, he did very well. Mm-hmm. And he did another game for the ESPN Events Challenge this last uh, week. I forget, one of the Friday games. And speaking of Gonzaga, they played two top five teams in the same week. They blew out UCLA and then Duke. Duke came, they, Duke came in and took them down. I mean, you could see that could be possibly a championship preview. Duke and Gonzaga yeah, on the coach came farewell to her. So. Now, my uh, question about that, do the uh, – do young college kids who go to that school understand the history? They're playing for a coach that's been there for forty-two years. Oh, well, they do. They, they know. They know. Oh, yeah. They they know about Coach K. They okay. know, and I mean that's he's. But like they're said, more in it. They're more interested in knowing themselves. I mean, right. Let's, let's yeah, just call it what it is. So, yeah, but they know. I mean, Coach K. They know who he is because the fact that he's looking at them to further their career. That, then that says something. And like I said, he, I mean, where was Duke basketball before him? So, I mean, that, but yeah. that was, that was a good, and then you had some good tournaments. I mean, that battle for Atlantis tournament was, wow, that, that one was just amazing. But yeah, yeah well, any other college basketball? For uh, which one, just one note here. Uh, Northern Iowa got a nice road win. They went to St. Bonaventure, played oh. a road game on Saturday and beat the Bonnies by 10. And St. Bonaventure at the time was the 16th. Mm rated team in the country. So that's a nice win. Yep. And one other thing real quick also, I, I, this, is, this is a good nostalgia thing. Last night, the University of Texas, of course, Chris Beard is really about getting the students involved. It's the last year of the Frank Irwin Center. and But they had a big party on campus for the students, and they did a nostalgia game. They went to the old Gregory Gym, where they used to play until 77. It's a intramural gym, and the volleyball team plays there. They see 3,200, and only students and certain media people were allowed in there for the game. So they have 3,200 students, first come, first serve. And he wants to do this every year, even when they open the Moody Center. So that's, I mean, it was like going to Cameron Indoor or mm-hmm. the Gonzaga Arena. It was kind of like that last time I watched that game. So, okay. Uh, All right. So moving on to the NHL, we got the standings here. Uh, Atlantic Division, Toronto with 33, Florida 31, Tampa Bay 27, Detroit 23. Bruins are 22, and they're playing each other tonight, so they'll battle for fourth place here. Uh, Buffalo 19, Montreal 14, Ottawa 9. Ottawa's still terrible. Metropolitan Division, Washington 33. Carolina's struggled a little bit lately, 31. Uh, I'm not saying they're in free fall, but they're, you know, they're not first anymore, and they had the best record for quite a long time. Rangers 29, Pittsburgh 25, Columbus is fifth with 24, New Jersey 22, Philadelphia 20, and the Islanders are 12, and they've got a COVID outbreak they're dealing with. And uh, we, do we know about, we know they're not playing tonight against the Flyers. Do we know about uh, anything beyond that? I have Robert? not heard no. yet whether Thursday's game is going to be played or not. Okay. And, uh, you know, but they, I don't know, you know, with all this, uh, they got through that road trip fairly successfully, but then this hits and, uh, you know, but this could be the great comeback year. They've got the talent. They just need to be on the ice and get to play. Central Division, Minnesota 29, St. Louis 25, Winnipeg 24. And that's pretty good for the Wild, by the way. You never see them up there. Yeah, no, uh, Minnesota's definitely improved this year. (laughs) Yep, Colorado's fourth with 23. Then we have Nashville 23, Dallas 22. The Blackhawks are 16, and Arizona is 12. And in the Pacific, Calgary 31, Edmonton 30, Anaheim 25, Vegas 24. We have San Jose 23. The Kings are 21. 
Seattle 17 there ahead of Vancouver at 16. And that, that's, a, that's a good rivalry there, Seattle yes. and Vancouver, too. The, the surprise of that division is the Ducks. The Ducks were not supposed to do what they're doing this year. So, mm-hmm. Okay, so there we go. And we have a few NHL notes. Let's see if we can get them in quickly. We have Matt Murray who has cleared waivers. So anybody out there needing a goalie? Uh, uh, well, um, let me correct that. I thought he did clear waivers, but since he signed a long-term contract with Ottawa, so he'll go uh, their he, minor league. He, he's got to play in their minor league so he okay. can continue to get paid. But I'm sure they're actively going to try and trade him. And San Jose placed uh, our friend Evander Kane on waivers, but the same deal will occur. He will, uh, if he clears waivers, which he, he's still which in the process, okay, he, that he has to go to their uh, minor league team. Yeah, and the Sharks have made it very clear. They've already tried to trade him. Nobody wants him. He's, uh, so what, what's going to happen with him? He will play with the Barracuda the rest of the year, and as soon as they're legally allowed to, they're going to buy him out. Right. So. And Mark Bergevin of uh, the Montreal Canadiens, the general manager, was fired. And Jeff Gorton uh, from the Rangers, and I know he worked for the Bruins, too, is in as general manager. And it must mean he speaks French because or it's accepted, acceptable French because the uh, head honchos in Montreal have to be able to do. Because I, as I told you last year, I listened to a, uh, a conference with the new coach there when he came in. And you had questions answered, asked and answered in, fr- in English and answered and asked and answered in French. So Now, I was listening because the Montreal station wasn't working on the Lady A device yesterday, but I, I was listening to the station in Ottawa and what they said, because you know they're, clo- they're, clo- they're close to Montreal, so they're able to talk about it since I couldn't hear Montreal directly. What they said was that Jeff Gordon will be there for the rest of the year and they are looking for a person that speaks both English and French. Oh, so he's going to have so, an interpreter, I guess. Yeah, for his, uh, and the, and the Canadians movies. don't like their front office people or coaches to have to have interpreters. They want them to communicate in both languages to, to handle the media sessions themselves. That's right. So there you go. And uh, I think that's it on hockey. Uh, yep. So, Cassidy's in the COVID protocols. He's oh, home. he is. Oh, yes, uh, as of today. Uh, who and, will be coaching for the Bruins? Oh, uh, I heard. Uh, I forget. <laughs> okay. Okay. But no and, players uh, are involved yet. Yeah. And Brad Marsh on three game suspension for slew footing. Slew footing. What is slew? What is slew footing, Robert? That's when you. Oh, Rick, Go ahead, Rick. That's, that's when us? you trip somebody with your with your skate from behind. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's what it is. All right. I heard some story when I was a kid, Slewfoot Sue, but I didn't know anything about it. All right. So, all right, Robert, you're our two-minute man. Uh, you've got a boxing story, and we if you could do it in two minutes, we'll, I don't know well, what you went to at least. I'm, well, I'm going to try, and number one, I, I didn't think I'd be talking any more boxing on this podcast this year, but uh, surprise, surprise, uh, George Cambosis, and everybody's going to go, who is that? Well, who is that? He, uh, <laughs> he, he, he's a fighter from Sydney, Australia, that was – um, he was a mandatory challenger of Teofimo Lopez, who held uh, three of the four uh, belts in the 135-pound division. And before Lopez could unify the title, he had to fulfill one of his mandatories. Well, Mr. Cambosis from Australia, who now has a record of 20-0 and with 10 knockouts, showed up in Madison Square Garden on Saturday night and basically took those titles away from him. It was a very good fight. They both, uh, Cambosis knocked down Lopez in the first round. Lopez knocked down Cambosis in the 10th. It went back and forth, and George Cambosis won a split decision. So now he has three of the four titles, 
and the person that has the fourth title, Devin Haney, will fight this Saturday. And if he wins, they're going to try and set up a, a, a unification bout in Australia for uh, in the spring uh, next year. So, and the stadium that they're planning on using seats about eighty thousand people. So, okay. there you go. All right, thanks, Robert. Okay, okay and John. I think oh, I could be wrong, but whatever. I think it's Joe Sacco coaching the Bruins now. Oh, okay, oh, okay. okay. All, right. all right, all okay. right, folks. Well, first of all, we want to remind y'all, uh, whenever you're listening, every Wednesday, don't forget to check out Bill Perry and Friends here right here on the Worldwide Legend, 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific. And if you want to listen at any time or go back, you missed part of the show, or you want to tell a friend or whatever, download the podcast, legendoldies.com. Tell, uh, also, you can type in Sports Lounge Live in your podcaster as soon as it's posted. It will be there. Or tell your smart speaker to play Sports Lounge Live from Apple Podcast or Sports Lounge Live from TuneIn, or go to 773-572-3006, option number nine, and we'll be back next week. We'll have the college football playoff and the bowl vault set up and a little more on the NFL and baseball will be locked out and who knows what else is going on. <laughs> we'll see you next week. <laughs>